0: Is is that me?
1: No, it's me. It's me. I keep dinging. It's my uh, computer, which is fun. Um, All right. Growcast, season two, episode two. Well, hey, welcome to the Highland Growcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Emily. And today we're going to talk about discipleship, which that's a big topic.
0: Yes. And an exciting topic. Yeah.
1: And it's really exciting because we've been talking about it really since, uh, what, September? Well, we've been talking about it longer than that. But <laughs> uh, really as a team, uh, I think even as a staff, we've been talking about it um, uh, specifically and I think really intentionally set, uh, since September. So, uh, Emily, let me start off just by asking you, um, tell me about your discipleship background.
0: Okay. Okay. That's a big question too.
1: Yeah. Um, or maybe tell me about how you were discipled, how was discipled. or have been okay. discipled. Okay. Awesome.
0: I would say that uh, first of all by my parents who love the Lord. They met, you know, they read scriptures to us regularly and um, talked to us all the time about how it applied to our life. And so I would say in a more informal way by my parents.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. And and we would say just for everybody listening, <laughs> if Jordan McKinney and Brea Hunt were sitting in this room with us today. I I think they would encourage us to say that we really do believe at Highland that parents are the primary disciplers of their children.
0: Absolutely. And
1: we, as a church and the student ministry specifically, they want to come alongside uh, parents to help them do that job as um, best they can and Mm -hmm. provide opportunities for other relationships. But we do believe that parents are the primary disciplers. So, good job, (laughs) Mama and Daddy Deans. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Mm. <laughs> Oh, totally. Yeah, And then in high school, um, there was a, a, a college student who volunteered with the student ministry that I was with, loved her. Um, so she met with myself and two other girls weekly, and we would do Bible study together. We would pray. We would, you know, but we were also just had a relationship outside of the group too. And so um, I would say that kind of that was more formal uh, discipleship. And then in college, uh, there were, you know, various, you know, older girls that poured into me that were in college at UGA as well. So where we would, again, meet one-on-one on one weekly or one-on-three. Yeah. University of Georgia. Go oh, dogs. Go yes. dogs. Yeah. Okay. Do people not know what UGA is who are listening to know. this? I don't know. You don't, you don't. You're like, where are you from? I'm from Texas. Yeah. So. <laughs> is there anything other than Texas? That's, that's kind of the reaction that people have when I say I'm not from Texas. They look at me. Yeah. yeah I mean. <laughs> it's okay. I love Texas. I are things I understand. that
1: exist outside of Texas. Yeah. And they're just not as good.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. So yeah, I think through college, um, you know, God blessed me with a lot of really godly women. I could name a handful of them who who took time to meet with me, uh, either one on one, you know, to to grow in spiritual maturity or in a small group setting. And so um, through, like, my local church and different college ministries. So, what about you, Jeremy? So,
1: uh, 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 yeah, we're getting there. We'll, we'll get we're getting to, to there. me. But I did want to ask one question. So, in your discipleship, do you feel like you had, like, people that would sit down and they would say, Emily, here's what I'm doing. I'm discipling you.
0: Well, no, they didn't say I'm discipling you. Usually, the way it would happen is, you know, either I would go to them and say, you know, if I heard that they were leading a small group and I would just invite myself to it, or <laughs> they would approach me and say, Hey, would you like to meet with me? And so, and so we're going to start reading through the gospel of John together, um, for the next six months. And, you know, we're going to talk through John and pray together. And I would say, yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. So it was pretty, pretty easy. Well, not, not easy. It was simple. We'll say it was simple.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I would say that I was, uh, also discipled by my parents. Honestly, and here's just a reality: everybody is discipled by their parents. It's just sure. whether or not their parents were um, good disciple makers, um, Jesus loving disciple makers. And so, I was definitely discipled by my parents. But what I was discipled into was just kind of um, this this really um, maybe small rural. Southern Baptisty idea that your faith is your faith, and it's a thing that's kind of it's your you know mm. your personal walk with Jesus, and yeah. so they they you know they encouraged me to read my Bible, they encouraged me to pray, they but mm-hmm. they never really walked through those things with me. Um, and again, I think we talked about this last week in my pastoral confession. Like, it's still play, a place where I kind of struggle with my kids, even though I teach people, you mm-hmm. know, like, here, here's how you read the Bible. Here's how you pray. And um, when, I, when I translate that to the... Now, we have conversations about sure. the gospel all the time. We had like, my... My kids know the gospel, like we walk through creeds, we walk through, you know. Yeah,
0: it looks different because you don't schedule, you know, you may not schedule time. I mean, maybe you do. Yeah, family
1: time. That's super inconsistent. But but yeah,
0: as you go, you talk about the Lord, you talk about scripture and the gospel.
1: Yeah, but I would say to my, uh, to my shame, uh, (laughs) maybe not to my shame. Yeah, to my shame. I think that's one of the areas where I struggle, like just consistently and hey, let's, let's just open up the Bible and walk through this. Or even, um, you know, my wife uh, encouraged me to uh, read, and so I downloaded an audible of, of this family discipleship book, and uh, they really kind of walk through time moments and milestones, which is not the vernacular that um, Highland Student Ministry uses, but uh, they use, and I feel like we do really good with the, um, with the moments, right? Um, and, and we're there, we're present we're having those conversations, but, um, a couple of those things are like the milestones, like we just don't do well. Um, like we're not good or sorry i say we i'm not a great celebrator like i don't care about my birthday like we're not going all that's out so on sad. Our, yeah yeah
0: i'm all about birthdays yeah
1: and i and maybe that's a thing that we've discipled our children in uh, mm-hmm. and so we're trying to work to figure out like what does it look like to make <laughs> mm-hmm. our yeah, make children a deal, lot of... celebratory yeah. children uh, <laughs> because for us it, it is kind of a Well, no, I mean, we want to make each day a day where uh, that we know we love one another, that we know we, you know, and so Mm. there doesn't have to be a big special thing. But then on the other side of it, there should probably be a big special thing. So um, we feel like we do good in the moments and we want to kind of grow in those milestones. But then we also kind of look at the age of our kids now and and when they started when they were really young we kind of look at these moments when man we were really good because there were these things that we were doing every single night every single night every single night and then as they got older those things kind of become less and less but you get to this point like as you're discipling your children that you want them to be able to transition to doing Mm -hmm. those things on their own and the hardest part is and this is why i encourage parents to not be like me is when they get there like you want to be confident that we've we've taken all these steps, um, prior to where, when we're releasing them to kind of do it on their own, we know that they've got it. But when you've kind of missed some of those steps, then you're like, Oh man, now I'm, now I'm a little bit nervous. So, uh, all that to say, I was definitely discipled by my parents and it's a thing that, you know, I still wrestle with and still struggle to overcome. But what I have learned is that though there were, I don't think any specific, um, people who sat me down and were like, Hey, you know, this is a discipleship relationship. This is, I'm discipling you right now. Uh, there were people who came into my life at particular points who walked me through and helped me grow and mature mm. yeah. in particular areas. Now I've always been of the mind and this is just the reality of traveling the world and getting to meet people in places where there's not a lot of believers. Yeah. There's not really anyone to disciple them. So all they're left with is the word that I, I don't necessarily believe that every Timothy gets a Paul. Mm. But I think in a place like Highland, hmm. um, where we've got thousands of people who attend, and we've got and so um, many
0: just gems yeah, <laughs> spiritually who so are
1: giant, spiritual giants, giants yeah, yeah um, that we can we can get absolutely. a lot yeah. of Timothy's, yeah. some Paul's, yeah, uh, it's and, a
0: huge gift,
1: yeah, absolutely. So let me let me I guess ask is, this is another day when I get to ask you no. questions. This okay. is great. Um, what. Is like the point of discipleship at Highland? Like, what do we want to do?
0: No, that is an excellent question. Um, and so I would say uh, that the goal of discipleship, this is something that we've talked about with the grow team in the past few weeks, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, but what we talked about as a team, and this is kind of everybody that, uh, you know, kind of works on staff with the grow team. Uh, we talked about the goal of discipleship is to see everyone conform to the image of Christ, expanding God's kingdom throughout the earth. And so if the goal of discipleship is spiritual maturity, not perfection, but that we're all growing together um, into Christ's likeness. But we're also have that ability to do the same with others, where we're walking alongside um, the lives of other people who may be a little bit, you know, a step younger spiritually yeah. <laughs> than us. Uh, and so, yeah, it's an empowering thing for sure, but where we're growing in Christlikeness, but also helping others to, to grow in like likeness too.
1: Yeah, and, and so I think um, one of the things that you'll start hearing uh, about a lot more uh, over the course of the coming days is really... Uh, kind of that how we're going to roll that out Mm -hmm. and we won't talk about that a lot today but um, just so you know you'll start hearing us using particular language and uh, a particular vernacular and that's on purpose because we want to kind of drive that deep in our people and and really what we found is that um, we We all have this heart for discipleship and we all think about discipleship in our own ministry areas, but we didn't really have a unified vision of how Highland, uh, at least how the grow team disciples people. And so this was a... Uh, an opportunity for the grow team to come together and the grow team in case you don't know uh, consists of kind of all of the age graded ministries and so you've got preschool you've got childrens, you've got students you've got college you've got adults and then you've got senior adults and so all the leaders of those particular teams, we came together and we just kind of sat in a room with two big old whiteboards and we, um, asked questions and tried to give answers and definitions until we all landed in a place where we can say, okay, great. This is how we're going to evaluate our ministries Mm -hmm. to see if, uh, we are being effective in the role of making disciples. And so that was the, 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 one of the biggest things that we had to come up with was what, what is the goal? Like, what are we trying to do? And that, Again, I'll just say that the goal of discipleship is to see everyone conform to the image of Christ, expanding God's kingdom throughout the earth. But in order to be able to um, have a goal for discipleship, we really have to understand what a disciple is. And mm-hmm. so, Emily.
0: Yeah. Yeah a great, yeah, there you go. Another question. What is a disciple? Um, So in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus told his disciples, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And so that was the, that is plan a, uh, that Jesus gave for building up his church and for advancing his kingdom. It's through what is called discipleship. And so, um, in the Greek, the word disciple means a learner or a follower right and it was somebody um yeah who learned from another person and so when he says go and make disciples he's saying go and and make people who are who are wholehearted followers of me (laughs) Um, and so a a disciple this is kind of the the phrase that we are the sentence that we're using here at Highland is a, a devoted follower of Jesus who denies self while growing into Christ likeness
1: yeah, so and, and so disciple. this is a specifically a disciple of Jesus oh Christ. Yes, and, and I think one of the things that we have to understand, and why discipleship uh, and an understanding of how we're doing it here, especially and specifically. Uh, in the church, but um, directly here at Highland, is that everyone is a disciple. So just like I said, I was discipled by my parents. Emily said she was discipled by her parents, but we were discipled into seemingly two different things, Mm. uh, two different understandings of what it means to be um, a disciple of Jesus. You are being discipled. We're being discipled by our culture. We're being discipled by uh, our friend relationships. And we may not call it that, and we may not believe that, but we are absolutely absolutely influenced by Uh, the things that we surround ourselves with. And I think even just looking at the current political climate is an example of that. So whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent, you see on social media a growing chasm between those two schools of thought. And why is there that growing chasm? Well, because we're being discipled into a worldview um, based on a political ideology. And so the goal and the role of the church to make disciples of all nations, to teach them to observe all that Jesus commanded and to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit um, becomes the primary thing that we need to be discipling our people into. And so it becomes the worldview through which we filter everything. And if the church isn't doing a good job of discipling its people, and when I say the church, I mean the members of the church because we are a body we're not Mm. a building right and so if the body of christ is not doing a good job of discipling believers of in christ um then we're really failing and we're leaving them to just kind of be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine to um to to kind of base their understanding on what some incumbent tells them that they should believe or some political pundit or um and so we want to make sure that we're helping people have a biblical christian um, worldview Mm. and so we want to tell them hey this this is when we say disciple in the church and when we say disciple at highland this is what we mean and so let me read that for us one more time so what is a disciple a disciple is a devoted follower of jesus who denies self while growing into Christ likeness and the beauty if you're a follower of jesus right is that that's that's how this whole thing ends mm-hmm. like you will look like christ and the goal is that we're looking more like christ every day mm-hmm. and so yeah um, how, how do you feel like you've seen that in your own life to put you on the spot Just for the record, I didn't send Emily any questions (laughs) before this. She always sends me questions because she's awesome that way. No,
0: I, yeah. (laughs) Okay, wait, so you're asking how I've seen this in my life? How have you seen
1: that in your life? Oh,
0: man, I mean, like looking back... I would like to be able to say, (laughs) I think I can say I am more like Christ today than I was 10 years ago in certain ways. Um, but I do think there's a truth to with discipleship as you're growing into Christ likeness. It's not that you're growing into perfection by any means. I mean, I think you're becoming Lord willing more and more complete, um, you know, as you grow into Christ likeness, but you also become more aware of the holiness of God, I think, but you become more aware of your own sin as well. And so that gap grows. And so you see that sense of, um, I would say humility or spiritual poverty in a, in a believer's life of, of seeing, Oh, wow. Like God truly is so holy and I'm truly so not holy, <laughs> but that gap gets bigger and bigger between the two. And so it can either crush you or you can start justifying your sin. You can start justifying, um, you know, why I'm not spiritually mature. Um, and so that is where the cross comes in. Right. And so mm-hmm. Lord willing, the cross will become bigger and bigger and more and more precious to us as we grow. Um, but with lifelong discipleship, um, um, like I would say it is a progressive thing. And so uh, it's not, um, again, it, it's not like, oh, I was discipled by this person. And so now I'm complete. It's like, no, my whole life is is devoted to following Christ um, for however long I live here. And God uses people along the way to, to pour into me, to spiritually invest in me. Um, and so, yeah, I would say I um, that I would I, I would like to think that <laughs> that I do a better job now through the power of the spirit for sure yeah. of denying myself and every day and submitting to the Lordship of Christ than I did ten years ago and I think that that's a good sign
1: yeah yeah and, and I think I, I asked that question because there's you know one of the things that we see a lot um, because of the way we do membership and we always ask people about their testimonies um, you can and this is I, I learned this from um, uh, a guy that I worked with that did Um, College ministry for a really, uh, really long time, Uh, but it was like a specific campus college ministry. Um, But one of the things that he would always talk about is uh, the number of um, students that he met that have this split testimony, right? Like, uh, I prayed prayer, accepted Jesus when I was seven years old and lived like a pagan until I was 23. Mm. And now is when I'm really beginning to understand the gospel. Um, so what we're really trying to do is say that, no, I mean, as a believer in Jesus, we want to see growth and fruit over the course of a lifetime. And, and you see Paul saying things like this all the time, like you should be eating steak right now, but Mm. you're, you're still needing milk. You need to grow in your understanding of the gospel. And so our goal really is to help people grow in their understanding of the gospel, Mm -hmm. to press them towards Christ-likeness as the Spirit conforms them into the image of Christ. And there's a lot of ways that you can do that, and we'll talk about some specifics in later episodes. But for now, really just the idea that um, I mean, your desire should be to grow in maturity and yeah. Christ-likeness. And I think
0: we assume that spiritual maturity comes with age, but sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think we, you know, sometimes age comes by itself. <laughs> and yeah. so we age and we assume, oh, like naturally my my sin should just go away or naturally I should just be becoming more like Christ. But it takes intentionality. It takes uh, purposefulness, um, a willingness to submit ourselves to um, to the Lord and to His lordship and, and to the accountability of others, and all these other things. And so, there's a, an intentionality about the discipleship process that uh, allows spiritual maturity to take place. And, and 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 again, I think that it's important to remember that you know just because we're aging physically doesn't mean that we're maturing spiritually. It doesn't right. just happen. It takes. Right. It requires intentionality. Yeah. yeah,
1: and and we don't do. Well, well, I hope I hope we don't do that in so it's very rare that you say, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start eating better. Hmm. And then wait for your refrigerator to fill up with <laughs> sure. um, good healthy with foods, right? It, it's very rare that you say, you know what? I'm going to get in killer shape and then sit on the couch and wait for your six pack to show up, right? <laughs> um, those things. And, and most of the time you have to plan those things. And so one of the things that I try and encourage people with all the time, um, I, I would, when I was a student minister, I would say this when uh, now that I'm a groups uh, pastor, I try and tell people this is that you are never too young or too old to be conformed into the image of Christ. Meaning that if you accepted Jesus when you were seven, that means from the time that you're seven, that the whole, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you. And that Holy Spirit, right? According to 1 Thessalonians four three, is working the will of God in you, mm-hmm. which is your sanctification. He is growing and maturing you. And in the same way, that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead um, is working out the will of God, your sanctification mm-hmm. in your life whether you, even when you're 90, right? And, and so what I always try and encourage people is like, you're never too young to be a faithful follower of Jesus, and you never retire from mm-hmm. making disciples. And, and I'll say that some of the most formative moments in my life have happened with older men who have shared, you know what, I've been following Jesus for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, and they're still... Such a long way to go. Like, he's still convicting Mm. me of sin. I still need to confess sin. And it may be different than the sin of a 25 year old, right? Mm. I may not be given to um, my lusts or sexual desires or pride or like in the same way, but Mm. there's still these things that the Lord brings out in me that I have to lay down at his feet. And man, uh, for an 80 year old dude to sit with a 25 or 26 year old and say, you, you never arrive. Yeah. Right. You never arrive um, until you arrive face to face with Jesus. Mm. Um, you never arrive. It's <clears throat> so helpful. And so I always want to encourage our seniors, man, it's, it's, this is not your time to kind of sit out and wait for Jesus to take you home. This is the time when you really have the opportunity to, to ramp it up. teach and but,
0: train and to to and spiritually invest in yeah. the next generation.
1: And some of them have been doing it so faithfully mm-hmm. for so long. And, um, and and so I'm just, I'm grateful for um, a lot of the seniors here at Highland and then a lot of those people who have really kind of shaped my life. Uh, but I always want to encourage, I mean, you're never done. And to our, and to our youngsters, right? Just, you're not the church of tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? If you're a believer yeah. in Jesus, you are are to be a leader in the church today and to not let anyone look down on you because you're young, but to set for believers an example in speech and conduct. And so we want to encourage all of our people, right? There's not a time when uh, it's okay to not be growing and not being conformed to the image of Christ if you're a believer in Jesus, right? So um, if you're 7 and you're claiming Christ we want to hold you accountable to mm-hmm. growing in maturity and if you're 90 and you're following Christ we want to we want to hold you accountable to um, be growing mm-hmm. in maturity and Christ likeness which is why we want to tell people that we think a, the, the disciple is a devoted follower of Jesus who denies self while growing in Christ likeness regardless of age mm, that's yeah. good good So then what do disciples do, Emily?
0: Yeah, uh, and here's... You know what we say at Highland is that a disciple matures in Christ, uh, which is what we were just talking about. So a disciple matures in Christ and calls others to join in lifelong discipleship. And so I think, I like the and there that it's kind of joint together. You're doing both. As you're maturing in Christ, you're also inviting others into that process. And so the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 2 uh, is, is a great example of this that a lot of people have used. And he says in verse 1, he's talking to Timothy, a younger pastor that he discipled, uh, you then might child be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also um, and so there's this chain of influence that's going on and I think that uh, if we understood the power of personal relationship in the <laughs> discipleship process um, it would truly be transformative uh, for the church at large capital C Church for and for local churches uh, but here you see him um, just saying to Timothy hey take the things that I've been teaching you and training you one-on-one and and in this mentor relationship and and, and entrust it to other faithful men who will then go on and teach others. And so, um, and and it doesn't have to be just one-on-one, you know, and Paul taught a lot of people, not just Timothy, (laughs) right? Um, And so Timothy was one of many people that he instructed, but uh, what a, a powerful way to build up the church. And again, this was, this was Christ's plan A for building his church. There is no, there is no plan B. Yeah. (laughs) I
1: mean, mean, it's through making
0: disciples like um, that. And
1: and I think too, I I say it a lot is that your faith while intensely personal Mm -hmm. was never meant to be Private, like we're mm. always meant to be sharing and walking with others and encouraging others, and and one of the things that we said about the church, um, uh, which I made a statement and I don't think it was a provocative statement. I just think it was a biblical statement. Is you can never grow and mature mm-hmm. in the way that you were intended without some sort of community around mm. you. Uh, in the same way, the reflection of that growth, the re- reflection of that maturity is always multiplication so the same guy who talked to me uh, and was always like kind of confounded by these split testimonies was also a guy who said you either multiply or you die hmm. right uh, you are multiplying yourself for the kingdom you're multiplying uh, disciples or we're dying right and, and you see that in churches all over the place that um, that there's, there's not really anybody coming in, and it's just kind of everybody's dying off. And, and that's not because they're not being faithful. There, there can be a number of reasons for that. But part of what we're wanting to do specifically um, as believers in Jesus is to take that message, to carry yeah. that truth of the gospel forward. Hmm. Because we understand that that's why we're here, right? That, Absolutely. Um, that's starting with Jesus and the... Um, disciples, then the next the apostles, right? Yeah. That became the apostles that the gospel. Um, went to somebody who went to somebody who went to somebody who went to somebody Mm -hmm. through millennia yeah, and it got to you and you believed. And so you want to be carrying that same message forward.
0: Yeah. In chapter one, he says this, this is verse 13, still writing to Timothy. He says, follow the pattern of the sound words that you've heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. And so he's, he's challenging Timothy with this task. He's saying, um, guard the treasure of the gospel. Guard the treasure of the truth that has been entrusted to you—the gospel of of Jesus Christ. And, and one of the ways that we guard it is by passing it on to the mm-hmm. next person, right? Mm-hmm. And so by by intentionally developing these re- relationships with individuals, with small groups, and, and teaching them the gospel, right, and passing it, it on. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and uh, man, I hope and pray. Uh, that our people um that we me and you, Emily, and our people, really just kind of catch this vision and desire to um, really teach and train and um, multiply people mm-hmm. for the good of the kingdom, and I think a lot of people get really intimidated by the idea of it. They're like, "Oh no, I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm smart enough, <clears throat> or mature enough, or good enough to be able to um, to disciple others." But then you look at Paul, right, and in, in, in First Timothy uh, in in chapter one, right, he, mm-hmm. he gives the um, he gives that I I thank the Lord that he found me faithful. Mm. Though I was a blasphemer, an insolent opponent, and a persecutor, but um, Jesus saved me, um, Mm -hmm. the foremost of sinners, right? Um, so that no one can say that they're unsavable so yeah. no, that no one can say like oh I can never be good enough to disciple and so yeah. that's the thing like regardless of where you are in your walk you have the opportunity to be walking with others yeah. and so yeah I mean there might be a point where you probably shouldn't be trying to lead people in because there's just some things that you need to work mm-hmm. through and I get that but by and large I think a lot of our people are just really intimidated because they don't feel like they know it. Yes. they don't feel like they can and get it, up and teach like John or right. they don't feel like they can, that they understand, like, like you, Emily, because you're so incredibly smart or uh, <laughs> yeah, or those and things. It's,
0: and it's also not just teaching head knowledge. We're not just passing on academic knowledge. Um, you know, in Matthew 28, he says, Jesus told his disciples, his followers, he said, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Yeah. And that happens, I think, best in the context of a relationship, that teaching how to observe, teaching how to obey. So how do I apply the scriptures to my life? How do I apply, um, you know, these passages, these instructions, the the, the commandments of God that I'm learning about in Scripture, how does that work itself out in my daily life? Yeah. And I think in a discipleship setting, in that kind of relationship, is where you can talk through that. You can ask the hard questions. You can confess your sin. You can hold one another accountable. You can encourage each other and support each other in that process. Um, and the Spirit uses that to, to transform our hearts, to transform our lives. And um, and again, I think that yeah, in the context of a community, of of, of a relationship, one on one, in a small group, is where I think it's easy to to figure out. Okay how do I obey the commandments of God in his scriptures?
1: Yeah. And, and so for us, like um, one of the things that we um, sat down when we were walking through uh, with a grow team is what, then what are our core principles? If we're not saying you have to be perfect uh, or you have to be ready to go play in a church or mm-hmm. be a pastor at a church um, to be able to disciple, what are our core principles and so, what did we land yeah, on? Yeah,
0: we landed on the first one being salvation.
1: Yeah, well, you got to be able—that's the low bar, <laughs> yes. right? Yes.
0: Yeah. To, so, absolutely. So, um, to be a disciple, you—you you are a believer. You have put your faith in Jesus Christ for your right standing with God. You've been sealed with His Holy Spirit. So that's salvation. Um, but the second one was transformation, and that is becoming—becoming. Uh, becoming, there's, you know, it's a process. More and more conformed to the likeness of Christ. Um, and then the last one was multiplication. So you are able to take what a person is doing with you in this growing, you know, the spiritual growth process um, and doing it with others.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that you'll hear a lot about uh, in the adult ministry, and we'll talk about this a little more uh, in the coming weeks as well, as we really kind of think through Um, some big buckets of how this transformation piece happens right Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so we want people to be tethered in the Bible in God's word we don't think any growth happens outside of that like if we're growing in our knowledge and understanding of anything outside of God's word then we're growing in the wrong direction and so we want people to be rooted and tethered in the scriptures Um, but not just that we want them to grow in their understanding of the nature and the character of god and so what we believe becomes really important Um, now there's all kinds of things that we can believe there's all kinds of secondary doctrines but that primary um, what we call all the time, the closed handed theology of the gospel um, becomes really important. And so we're trying to help our people grow in their nature in their understanding of the nature and character of God. And then how they practice those things mm-hmm. becomes really important too. So are they applying the scriptures that they're learning or are they just kind of becoming puffed up in knowledge? And so um, we kind of put it in those three, the Bible belief and spiritual practice buckets, mm-hmm. but all of it kind of under the guise of salvation, are they a believer in Jesus? If they're a believer in Jesus, then ca- the call in their life is to be disciples who are making disciples. Are they being transformed by Jesus? Um, and then as they're growing and maturing and being transformed, um, are they becoming kind of like Paul where he's like, mm. I cannot help but speak the name. I cannot yeah. help but share the gospel.
0: Mm. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Love it.
1: Okay. Um, and then... Um We'll dig into uh, the methods in the in the coming episodes, but specifically when we talk about our method of discipleship, Emily, what are we going to be? What are we going to be?
0: yeah what are we going to be doing
1: people towards
0: we are going to encourage people to teach the word so to to know scripture to teach it uh because it is the primary way that we could know god and um you know like we've talked about in the past but yeah so teaching the word uh, we train um and so we train up with uh again applying scripture to life and uh training them in sound doctrine and in the application of scripture to their lives uh, empowering uh, so building in leadership skills and qualities and encouraging those things and and giving them, um, kind of that sense of responsibility over, over their using their spiritual gifts to build up the church and then releasing. And so sending them to go and do the same with others. And so empowering and, and releasing them uh, to go and disciple others. So it's teach the word, train, empower, and release.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So teach the word, train. We want to train people. We want to empower people to do the same with others. And then we want to let them go and do it. Right. And then we want them to do the same thing. We want them to teach others the word. We want yeah. them to train others in godliness and in what it looks like to teach people the word. We want to empower them to, um, to, um, go and make disciples as well. And then we want to release them to do it. Um, we have this, um, uh, and I think probably, uh, in the, Really in the church, like the home group movement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of began talking about, and I know the church that I was at at the time, we kind of started talking about like our next 40 years, mm-hmm. right? And we encourage people, hey, find someone that you can do life with. right? Um, and, and we really began to push this model that was, I, I've got my tribe, I've got my group of Mm -hmm. people, and I'm going to be with these people until I die. And and I want to be real clear. I don't know that there's anything wrong with that. I, I think it's actually a pretty good thing. But at the end of it, what we found was there was not a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was some growing and maturity, but there wasn't a lot of growth. And so you would have these people coming in who not be like,
0: multiplication, yeah, happening. not a
1: lot of multiplication, um, because those groups tend to stick together and that's a good thing. But the question is like, what are you growing into? Um, how are you multiplying? How are you fulfilling, um, the great command? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of flipped our model, uh, from a kind of grow, grow grow divide, grow, grow, grow divide to no, we wanna we wanna be encouraging multiplication, which means that. Just as Jesus uh, would send out his disciples, just as churches uh, send out, like, and I think about our college students all the time. Like, we, we have the gift of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of college students who come every year. And one of the things that Drew uh, and Autumn and that, and that team do really well uh, is encouraging people. Uh, in helping teach and train them knowing that they're probably not going to stay, mm, yeah. right? That after four years, that entire group is probably going to be 100%. Now, we want them to stay in Waco. Yeah. We want them to um, become but members. We, of, but we, yeah, the reality is they're probably. Release them into the world yeah. to
0: start their own businesses, their own families. I mean, what an incredible way to, to, yeah, yeah. to send out people to again (laughs) advance God's kingdom in the world like through wherever God is calling them so right and so one of the things
1: that they've had to grow in and I think one of the things that we as individual believers in Jesus need to grow in is beginning to kind of open our hands around Um, The idea of community, knowing Mm. that there are so many at Highland who need to be involved in groups that need to be taught and trained and Mm -hmm. uh, need to have people walk with them. And so that's
0: good.
1: um, Let's do this as we wrap up. Um, let, let me ask you this. I'll let you think about it for a minute okay. and I'll go first okay? Uh, because I, I don't like to spring Thank big questions you. like this uh, on you. So I'm not going to ask you for a vision or anything like that. But one of the things that I would ask is, um, man, what are you hoping to see with, and, and we'll talk about this again over the coming episodes, we're going to talk about, um, discipleship groups at Highland and we're, we're starting to introduce some, um, trainings and some pilot things right now, but what are you hoping to see in discipleship groups at Highland? And so that, that's kind of the question okay. I'll ask you and I'll let you sure. think about it for a minute. And this is just hope. This is just hope, right? Yeah. I mean, this is your big dream. No, I love it. Um, and so for me, um, really what I'm hoping to see is that every person who desires, right again every person who desires to be discipled that we would be able to connect them with someone who is um able and willing and able to walk with others and whether they call themselves disciple makers or whether they call themselves, whatever they call themselves, they're like, you know what? If somebody wants to grow and mature in Christ, they want to learn how to, um, be consistent in studying the word. They want to learn what it looks like to, um, be a faithful, Um, believer in Jesus, they want to learn how to grow in applying the scriptures to their life. I mean, I want to be in that room, and I may not be able to do that with 15 or 20 people. I may not be the one who's ever going to stand up in front of a class and teach um, a whole bunch of theology or Mm -hmm. even preach on a Sunday morning, but I can sit down one-on-one or one-on-two or one-on-three, and we can walk through some... Um, and we can walk through the Bible and some good books yeah. together, and we can encourage one another and hold each other accountable. That's that's what I'm really hoping to see, that we grow as a church in our desire to disciple and to multiply mm-hmm. disciple-makers.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. So the question is, what would be my...
1: What's your <clears throat> hope for oh, discipleship? Man, yeah.
0: My hope for discipleship at Highland, and I'm going to Wait, speak-
1: you can't give a better... You can't give a better one than I just said, because that'll make me feel bad about myself.
0: (laughs) No, my desire would be for, um, specifically because I'm a woman, I'm thinking of the women, Mm. but I would love to see the women of Highland, um, again, growing in their maturity in Christ, but also equipped and empowered to make disciples. And so I want them to feel like they are being equipped. They are, they are the ministers at Highland, not the staff. I want the members of Highland to see themselves as what they are, which is ministers, Um, um, and so that they would be empowered uh, to build up the body through discipleship groups. And so through investing in one, two, three other women at Highland who um, are faithful, who are mature, who, who, who seem faithful, teachable and available. Right. Yeah. Um, and who are able to do that same thing with other women at Highland. And so um, and I would love to, to even see eventually this happening in the, in the Dean Highland neighborhood and in, the, in neighborhoods around Waco and beyond, because I feel like this is kind of a model model that again, it doesn't have to be, um, it can be transferable through life. And so, yeah, I definitely want to see the women of Highland, um, as you know, seeing themselves as what they really are, which is ministers, uh, here at Highland.
1: Yeah. And so I I think Paul, um, really takes away any excuses or any, um, kind of illusions that that's not what we are. Um, mm. when he says that we are all called to be ministers of reconciliation, right? And so um, you did. You went ahead and did it. You gave a better uh, hope than I gave. Um, but I, I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful um, hope, I mean, really from both of us. But I, I think a great way to end is just what you said there, that we want people to know at Highland that you are ministers of reconciliation to a lost and dying world, but then you also have the opportunity in this moment to be walking with others, who believe in Jesus and are just wanting to grow. And so,
0: hmm.
1: man, we're looking forward to the next several um, yeah. episodes where we get to dig into this a little bit deeper, but yeah, Emily, you got anything else for them?
0: I don't. Um, a lot of this is so, I love all of this, and um, it's it's a good, broad, I think, description of what we're hoping to to see at Highland and the vision that we have. And so I'm excited to talk through specifics and yeah. strategies. What does that mean on a day-to-day? level. Yeah. So I think that'll be fun in the coming weeks.
1: Good thing. Well, good job today, Emily.
0: You too, Jeremy. I'm, I'm always
1: so proud of you after <laughs> these. You do such a great job and you make me want to be better. You're
0: hilarious. At
1: speaking words and thinking.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: All right. Uh, well, hey, I'm Jeremy. I'm Emily. And we'll see you next time.